Uh, this morning, I'm just going to talk to you about some things that are um, kind of weighing on my heart, and actually very timely weighing on my heart because I had a dream last night. Now, the scripture says that in the last days that young uh, men will have visions and old men will have dreams. So being I had a dream, that must mean I'm old. So <laughs> I'm going to share and I'm just going to present something to you for you to consider. And, um, and thank you so much, Tim. Appreciate your um, always excellent music. And I, I just wanted to, first by sharing a word that somebody gave last week, um, they texted it to me and I felt like I said, is it, do you feel like it was for the congregation? And, and he said, yes. And I said, can I share it? And so I'm going to read this for you. It says, God gave me, uh, okay, for the church during uh, worship last week. He said, this is what the Lord said. He said, he gave, gave you my heart. He said, I give you, meaning God said, I give you my heart, all of me, will you give me your heart? This is what the Lord is saying. I want you all, I want you all, I want you to want me. Will you lay down all of your trinkets, all of the things you consume, what you watch, your trifles at my altar? Take up the cross and follow me. I'm calling you to holiness, to be holy, to be set apart for my purpose. This is come to me, this, come to me, drink from my river of life. I pour out this river like a fountain for you. You are my children, and my children are carriers of my presence to be bold, and I go before you. I'm behind you, I hold you in my hands. And if you will surrender to me, lay down your life, I will fill it. I believe that God is encouraging us as we uh, were in worship and as we move into the season that God is kind of um, sounding some, uh, I don't want to say alarms, but he's, he's kind of encouraging us. It's like, this is a time to wake up. You've heard me share this a little bit and, and I'm, I'm standing here with you. Um, realizing that I'm in the same boat as you are. Actually, it's funny I say boat because in my dream there was a boat. Let me tell you this dream. This dream had a boat, and the boat was traveling through the sky, not where a boat should be, traveling through the sky, kind of at the height of an airplane would, maybe a little bit lower because I, I could see it probably 500 feet up in the um, air. And in this boat, I recognized the person, and, and I was standing with two other people that really uh, cared about this person that we saw in this boat. And, and all of a sudden, riding in this boat, we saw this boat going over, we see some people at the back of the boat, and this person dives off this boat. Well, what I thought was falling out of the boat. My heart leapt into my throat in my dream, and, and the person fell to the ground to their death. And the two people that were there were kind of like, I like, are you not concerned? Like, let's run, let's, what's happening? I can't believe that just happened. And the people were dazed and not even um, showing any emotion or awareness of what took place, but yet they watched the very thing take place. So I woke up um, this morning and I asked the Lord, I said, was that just a crazy dream? Was that a God dream? What was that? 
And I spent some time this morning and I, I feel like the Lord was saying that 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 boat, first of all, should have been in water, but is in the sky. The person thought they were probably in water and were going to dive off of the boat into water and realizing they didn't realize what they were diving off of was to their death. Instead of something that was just going to be playful and enjoyable, ended up being um, their demise. And I said, what, what is that, Lord? And, and he's saying, you know, People are, are, and then the reaction of the two people that really cared this day's look is, is like people are, are numb and are unaware of the dangers that are around us and we're cruising through life thinking that we're just going to dive off happily playful in life and meanwhile, we're, this is very, um, it's life and death. It's life and death and, and yet um, we are like the frogs in the boiling pot scenario. These people that were standing beside me in my dream were uh, solid Christians. I, I know them in real life, but they were in my dream. And, and yet they did not have any reaction or emotion and, and just a day's look on their face. And, and I believe the Lord is saying it's, it's, it's time to wake up from our slumber. It's time to be aware of what the Lord is doing and that we have to keep very short accounts with ourselves and really be filled with the Spirit. I was just during worship, uh, and actually I think this was mentioned in our prayer time this morning, uh, about the parable of the ten virgins, and I want to read the, this to you, and then I have some other scriptures that I want to uh, connect with you. By the way, I'm going to give you some homework this week, if that's okay. We were going to be in 1 Timothy chapter Five and I believe you guys can read that on your own and ask the Lord to speak to you, and we'll keep through that series. But First uh, Timothy chapter five is your homework. Um, so hopefully, if you your Bibles or your phones, you can read that this week. But the parable of the ten virgins is found in Matthew chapter twenty-five. It says that this that the then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins whom took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. In other words, they brought extra. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. And it's interesting, this drowsiness. But at midnight, there was a cry here is the bridegroom, come out to me, come out to meet him. Then all of those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamp has gone out. But the wise answered, saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourself. And when they were going out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage a feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But, the ants, but he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore. Watch, therefore, for you do not know, you do not know neither the day nor the hour. Be watchful. There was five that were ready. There were five that were not. They were all virgins. I'm not going to read in who were they, who were they not. This, this idea, though, is this preparedness, this keeping what is necessary, 
um, in preparation for the bridegroom in this um, story is, or this parable is Jesus Christ, his return. We don't know the day or the hour, but we do know that the scripture tells us some things that are going to take place in the last days. They, people will be lovers of themselves. I find that as our culture begins to um, continue to erode, the foundations of, of what our nation was founded on, but our foundations of faith, of righteousness and justice, uh, the, and the Bible says people are going to be calling right and wrong and wrong right, and, and we're realizing that we just look around us today, and, and what my concern is, and I'm in the same camp, my concern is that as Christians, most of us would say that we're Christians here, as Christians, I believe that we are taking on a lot of the culture, and we begin to say, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And, and, and the concern for that is that, is that diminishing the oil in our lamps? Are our lamps running dry because we're taking on the world and we're saying, well, it's just the way it is? And when, when that, that word that was spoken to us is, is asking us to holiness, and holiness is all this holiness is, is saying, I want to be separated and set apart for the use of uh, of Jesus and, and to be used for his kingdom. That as we worshiped him, we worshiped him to say, you know, everyday worship, right? It's like every day I wake up and say, my life is yours, Jesus. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's a pattern of the world, right? And, and the pattern of the world is wanting to conform masses, right? It conforms. That's what culture, strong culture does. It conforms masses, but, but, but we're told in Romans, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and the way you renew your mind is, is you stay close to Jesus. You stay sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You, you consume only things. I, uh, people don't believe me. It is so true. What you consume, whether visually or what you read or listen to or watch, you become. If you want to become more like Jesus, read his word. <laughs> if you want to become um, more holy, more set apart, spend time with him. Pray. And here's what, is, what the enemy is doing. So he's robbing, killing, stealing, and destroying, right? So that's his, his job. He wants to take as many people away as possible. And I feel like, again, you take my, my dream that I had, and you can test it yourself, whether it was just a bad dream or whether it's a God dream. I just know it, it affected me, and I, so much so I felt like I need to share it with you. But, but my concern is that, that we're seeing danger all around us, and maybe we don't see that it's danger any longer. Because somehow we've been numbed or dulled and, and or we're just saying this is the culture, this is the way it is. And, and we don't see that the enemy actually is, is, is playing a game with us to take as many people away from the preparedness of Jesus' return. 
And then it also robs the very thing that he wants for us because in Psalm 16, it says, in his presence is fullness of joy. And my heart is just not, hey, let's, we just need to be holy, we need to be righteous, and somehow that creates uh, a legalism or somehow just, hey, I'm going to like be straight and narrow and, and what have you. But, but no, it's about a relationship that he wants to have with us. And he's saying, when, when we pursue him and a relationship with, we find that there's joy and there's life and there's abundance and there's, there's fruit of that spirit that, that resides in us. And so when you realize, well, what, what we consume is what we become, then we realize if we're consuming a lot of the world, then we're going to become like the world. And we become like the world we no longer can see clearly. We, we begin to start having a dullness about us. And, and can it be that our oil is running, our oil is running dry? And, and our preparedness for Jesus' return begins to, um, begins to wane. See, the enemy wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants you to steal your ability to love well. He wants to steal your ability to forgive. He wants to steal from you and then create this dullness in you and we no longer can see right from wrong and that's why the scripture says we call wrong right and right wrong in the end days because we no longer have any bearing of knowing what is true and right and righteous. Now you would think that that would be, those were scriptures would be for people who, who are not Christian. But I would say that the 10 virgins, I would say that those were people who, who knew Jesus at some point, right? They were preparing for the bridegroom's return, right? They were preparing to, to go into the wedding feast and, and yet um, something took place that they weren't prepared what was it? But, but the Lord is reminding us to taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and when we begin to no longer have a taste for the things of the world, that we are, our longing is to taste and see that the Lord is good. We want to then start consuming. We want to be in his presence. And we want to only desire the things that of, of the Lord. To love better. To forgive easier. To to share, to be generous, to share our faith, to come in, in, in our workplaces to express who Jesus is. And, and yet, if we are no longer salt and light, we have taken on too much of the world, we no longer become effective for him and for his kingdom. See, James 4 4 through 8 says, friendship with the world is enmity with God. It says, if anybody makes a friend with the world, you make an enemy with God. So that seems so like a friendship with the world. So what is friendship with the world? I think when the world has more of a draw on our lives, that, that we are looking to be satisfied by the world, that it actually, that satisfaction does put a, a chasm or a separation to God. And I, and I think it has to do with the dulling. I really, that's what I believe is taking place is, is, is where our spirit is being dulled to understand um, what the Lord is doing today and, and what he wants for us. And, and, 
in our world today, we need to have the, the Holy Spirit in us and, and the sensitivity of his spirit to be able to hear his voice and to walk with confidence. And I know some people say, like, I can't hear God. I can't hear God. How do I hear God? And I encourage them, like, read your Bible because it sounds, God's voice sounds a lot like the word. <laughs> um, and, and so consume the Bible. Consume the Bible. Spend time in prayer. You know, the scripture says, pray without ceasing. And, and really what he was saying is like, oh, like, do all of us have to like just become monks and go into the mountains and we just stop, just pray all day long? And no, praying without ceasing, ceasing is a mindfulness. That's why I love that, that video at the beginning that was talking about, hey, um, do we worship God here in the gym? Did we um, confess our sins here in the classroom? Did we, um, you know, that keeping these short accounts with God, like we're, we're walking with him as we're going through life. Walking with him as we're going through life. And that's the, that's the praying without ceasing is that we're having these conversations. Should I be watching this, God? Should I be um, scrolling here, Lord? Should I be having these conversations? Should I be putting myself in that conversation? Should I say something when somebody's saying something off color? Or should I just ignore it? What, God, what do you want me to do? Holy Spirit, what are you asking of me? Speak to me. And then we are faithful to respond to what he's saying to us. But friendship with the world is enmity or hatred with God. And, and I think sometimes we feel like, oh, there's grace. Oh, there's grace. Actually, because we're called Grace Capital Church, there's grace. You know, it's like God will forgive us or, or there's grace for it. I just, he knows my heart, right? There's grace. First Timothy 6.11, and we would get there um, next week, but it says this, oh man or woman, flee these things, and he goes on of just a list of things that he wants us to flee from, but basically it's worldly stuff, but instead pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, Fight the good fight of uh, faith. Take hold of the eternal life which you were called, in which you were made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. This is, there's a flee, in other words, move away, create distance from those things of the world. As I was thinking about this a little bit further, you know, it's like, but yet we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. How, how do we do that in a way that we are going to work every day in the world and that we don't take on the friendship of the world or we don't take on the world? And I think that as the world becomes harder and harder to live in and as we, as we potentially have our senses dulled, our spiritual senses dulled, we, we have to spend, I do believe, more time in preparation for the day that we, we need to spend time in prayer, that we need to spend time in the Word, or we need to spend something to say, God, here I am. I'm, I'm a missionary going onto the mission field today. And we, we posture ourselves realizing that we're on mission, and I think that's the way that we cannot take on the world, that we begin to say, hey, I want to be salt and light for the world because there's people who need Jesus, there's people who need Jesus. And the reason I think the enemy has, has really taken a toll on, 
on people of faith as, as Christians because if, if we no longer are salty or we no longer are, possess the light, that, we, that we, when we walk into places, there's not a distinction. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about wagging your finger. I'm talking that you, you are carriers of, of, of Jesus and, and you walk with confidence in your faith and you present Christ in your actions and in the things, how you carry yourself. And you, you are salt and light and, and people say, so what, what is different about you? Like you want people to be asking that. Not that you're strange, <laughs> that, but you, you, you look different than the world. Like you, you act differently than everybody else. Like scripture says, be prepared to give the hope, the reason for the hope that you have. Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you carry. But I, the way that we're going to do this is we have to do what 1 Timothy 6 says, is that we have to flee the things of the world. We have to flee. We have to intentionally distance ourselves from it. Because if we don't, we become like the world, and our se spiritual senses become dull, and we no longer will see right from wrong. And here's the thing. We'll be thinking that we're in a boat, and we're going to have fun, and we're going to dive off the back of it, thinking we're diving into some beautiful, clear water, and actually we're diving to our death. And everybody else will be looking on and be like, oh, well, it's the way of the world. It's just what everybody's doing. But we have to remember that friendship with the friendship with the world. See, the enemy does not want this word to get out. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. I'm just asking for you to consider this with me today. Is, is we take this parable of the ten virgins, and I'm, I'm closing my message here, but if we take this this parable of the ten virgins. There's a moment in time that the bridegroom comes. He's going to invite people into the marriage feast of the Lamb, as Revelation says. Basically, Jesus coming back and he's looking for us, the church, the bride. And there's going to be some that are ready and some who are not. And in that moment... There'll be some who will enter with great joy and there'll be others who come knocking at the door and say, let me in. And they say, the door is shut. My heart is that none of us in this room watching online gets shut out from the door. And it's like, well, how can that happen? I don't know. You, 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 you assess that, the parable of the 10 virgins. I didn't make up that parable. Jesus, that's Jesus' parable. He's saying there were 10, five were ready and five were not. And, and how, what is it that five were not? They, they somehow didn't come prepared. They somehow didn't have enough oil. What does the oil represent? Some people would say it's the Holy Spirit. But I would just say it's a preparedness that, that, we, would, that we would keep our spirit tender and we would keep our attentiveness strong and that we would flee from the things of the world and then we would hold fast to our faith as 1 Timothy 6 says, verse 12, fighting the good fight. See, these are very harsh words. Like we have to fight the good fight. In other words, we have to, we have to go after it and we have to hold fast. Hold fast. 
we have to flee things of the world. I want each one of you to be parting with Jesus at the marriage feast of the Lamb. I don't want you at the last minute scurrying around looking for some oil to buy only to arrive and be it's too late. And in the meantime, this is not about in or out, but it's also having the full life today because he wants, remember, in his presence, his fullness of joy. There is joy to be had. There is peace to be had. And there is love to be had when we pursue a relationship with Jesus in that way. So, take it for what it is. Mark you out to lunch. Or maybe the Spirit of God is saying something to us today. I believe He is. He wouldn't have given me that stirring in my heart this morning if it was just some good idea or just some crazy dream. I believe the Lord is speaking to us in trying to get us ready. My question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to take away with this? How are you going to be more prepared than when you were? Some of you guys are going to need to change jobs. Some of you are going to need to unplug your TVs. Some of you guys are going to need to make some significant changes in your life because you've become too embedded with the world and God is the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. Some of you will need to remove some apps from your phone. Some of you will, I'm not saying you need to do any of that. You listen to the Holy Spirit and see what he's asking of you. But you have to say, is what I'm doing drawing me closer to the Lord or is, is what am I doing taking me further away from the Lord? It really is, it is that, that distinction. Am, am I willing to go into my workplace as a missionary or, or is my workplace becoming my place that is sucking me away from Jesus? Both of those are really great options. I, I would trust and hope that you could go in as a missionary, but, but if the Spirit of God is saying this is, that you need to change because this is not good for you. Some of you need to change some of your habits and realizing that the, your habits are not drawing you closer to Jesus is actually pulling you away. And we need to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying because there will be a day that the, the bridegroom, Jesus, will come and he's looking for those who are ready. I know for me, I am being challenged there are things that I will need to continue to do to prepare myself. But as I'm being challenged, I guess I wanted just to extend the challenge to you. Just trust that Jesus has something so great for you. You will not miss out because friendship with the world is hatred towards God. Let's pray. Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. That is, this is not a uh, condemning word. This is a encouraging word. It's a, it's a word of caution, maybe, for all of us, Lord Jesus, that we 
are to not be dulled by our pursuit of the world or pursuit of the things in the world. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would speak to each of our hearts to realize what are we consuming that, that we're becoming. Remind us that what we consume is what we become. Holy Spirit, I pray that you give us courage to look at all the things of our life, to, to inspect our life, and to look at the things, to find the things that are drawing us closer to you and the things that are pulling us away from you. There's no neutral ground. There's no just like, well, it doesn't really matter one way or the other. There's no neutral ground. Not in the kingdom, there's no neutral ground. It's either drawing us closer or it's pulling us away. Spirit, speak to our hearts. Give us courage to respond. Let us not bury our head in the sand and say, next week will be a, a better week. <laughs> I won't feel that sense of pull in my heart and my spirit. But yet his great love for us is calling us and beckoning us and asking us to respond to his spirit. Will you respond? He's calling. He's calling you by name. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. saying, you can do this. I love you. You can do this. I see you. I'll give you the strength. I'll give you the courage. You can do this. I love you. I love you. That's what the Lord is saying. He loves you. He sees you. You got this. So Jesus, we want to say to you, we are getting ourselves ready to meet you face to face. Lord, we will wake up each day being salt and light, being missionaries to the world that, around us. Lord, that we see our calling. Our calling is to hold fast to the faith that you've given us. And so, Jesus, we, just, we will wake up each morning putting on our missionary pants. We will put on our missionary shoes. We will put on our uh, breast, breastplate of righteousness the helmet of salvation. We will pick up our armor. We will go into this spiritual battle that you've called us to. And we will not take on the things of the world. We will keep our minds and our hearts pure before you, Lord Jesus. We will see the needs around us and we will pursue meeting those needs. We'll care for people deeply. We'll love people deeply and we'll forgive. Help us, Lord Jesus be faithful to your calling. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.